the Owlcast, the official podcast of ACS Athens. Listen to the exciting story of the American Community Schools of Athens. Check out what drives all the members of our international community of learners as we create the education of the future. Here's John Papadakis. Welcome to another episode of the Owlcast. Every so often, but not often enough, there comes an individual in the life of an institution that through personality, deeds, or just aura, gets to be identified with that institution, its spirit and presence in the community. Annie Constantinidis, the legendary basketball player and leader of Sporting Athens and national women basketball team in the 80s and 90s, is such an individual. Her own teammates from school admit that Annie was a force to be reckoned with, and her teammates from her years as professional athlete remember her as a natural leader. During her ACS Athens career, even though her occasional hiatus to participate in the organizing of the Olympic Games, she has served as the athletics director and de facto coach of the boys or girls varsity basketball teams. She can run a marathon while speaking on the phone. She analyzes strategy on the basketball court from every particular angle, or she can find solutions to issues while restlessly roaming the campus. To some, she's intimidating. To most, she's inspiring. Her story is the story of every student athlete who follows his or her own dreams without compromises. We spoke with Annie Constantinidis about athletics versus academics, or is it really a choice? Having your father as a coach and mentor. What is sportsmanship and why she chose basketball? How do you make it in the basketball court if you're vertically challenged? Being compared to a basketball legend. What does it mean being the first ever female member on the Greek Basketball Federation board. College striking for our student athletes. Losing sleep over the pandemic protocols. Who's in the world's best basketball team? And playing basketball or running a marathon? What a dilemma. ACS Athens as a school has been identified by the educational community through the years as a school with a strong athletics program, competitive sports teams, and extracurricular opportunities for students to enjoy and participate in. How does that mentality combine with the strong academics that will propel students to reach their goals? Well, at ACS Athens, we believe in educating the young student as a whole. That means academically, emotionally, spiritually, physically. We follow the American philosophy. Part of that philosophy is providing opportunities and choices to our students, not only in classes, but also out of school. In regards to athletics, we focus on education-based athletics, and that means that we cultivate the human being, the young student. We believe in the virtues that can be taught through athletics. It's not about winning or losing, although competition inherently um, has that element. But we believe in virtues and traits such as um, effort, sportsmanship, discipline, uh, self-motivation. So all these things are necessary for an individual's growth and development 
that will carry them through their adult life. And that's what our department, the athletics department, focuses on. Um, and we start from the younger ages where we have after school activities, recreational activities, because let's not forget it. Sports starts as, as a game, as something that kids want to have fun. Later on, obviously, it becomes more structured. Um, when we reach that structured level, that's where our um, values come into place. Your role at ACS Athens has evolved many times, uh, but your very first capacity was as a student. Uh, there is no point in asking you how you started because here is your starting point. Um, what I would like to know, though, if, uh, is if you have a vivid memory of your first years at this school, something that comes to mind when you see the young students who come to you asking if they can join a team. Well, when I came, I was here, I came in as a seventh grader, uh, not knowing much English. So one thing that helped me through the first months was playing with kids because there's a universal language. And at the time, uh, I don't play during lunchtime, you know, during recess. But then after a while, I, you know, I had the opportunity again and to, to try out for the team. So when a young student comes to me and says, you know, I'm not sure what I like or, you know, can I try out for this? I say, my answer is, why don't you try it? And uh, some students try something, they enjoy it and they, they continue. Others say, you know what, it's not for me. And they try something else. So my, my answer to these inquiries are try it first and then you'll see. Uh, your father was athletics director for many years in the school. Did he ever coach you? The reason I believe I was so much interested in sports is because wherever he was and he went, he, I went by his side. So he was a physical education teacher in the middle school for many years. Uh, I went to a Greek primary school and at times where we had days off in the Greek school, I, I would come as a visitor. So I was with him by his side. Um, he was a man that believed that uh, sports is a way of life. Um, he was um, a coach to many, many other students. And yes, he did coach me. He, he was the one actually that, I don't want to say the word pushed me because it doesn't sound right, but the one that inspired me to get into sports. So he didn't ever exclude you from a team? Not that I remember, but to be quite honest with you, he coached me, and I think maybe that was done purposely, he coached me in individual sports. In other words, in track and field, in cross country. What, what kind of coach was he? He was a boys varsity coach. Uh, he was also very good as a track coach. He himself was the triple jump champion of Egypt. So his expertise, I would say, was track and field in the jumping events. But I was a runner, so he had the basics to talk to me about and coach me regarding running. But in basketball and in volleyball, where I also played, he didn't coach me. I had other coaches that were faculty members. Uh, what trait, practice, or mentality did you inherit from him? I would say the be a, a good sports person, sportsmanship win with humility and lose with grace. I, I rarely remember him getting angry from a result. Uh, he would put it aside and move on to the next game or to the next practice. He was always supportive. So I think, uh, but, but he also taught me that uh, hard work is what will get you somewhere. Now, because of my height, uh, 
uh, in basketball, which was what I really loved and still do. Um, he was the one that basically told me that what I lack in height, I have to make up otherwise. So, and that was hard work. And, and um, so that's what I got from him. And I'm pretty sure you're conveying that to other students right now. Yes, yes, because first of all, obviously, it's been a while since uh, back in my playing days, but uh, when people find out that I was a professional basketball player, you, I, I can see that question in their eyes. So, yeah, it's uh, what I say to, to young students now is, uh, okay, if you have other assets, if you are fast, quick, and work hard, you have a chance. Why basketball? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I... Um, I guess from a very young age, I believe nine years old, eight, nine years old, I picked up the basketball, I started dribbling. Uh, at that time I was, um, I would say, athletically inclined and I enjoyed playing. For me, it was just fun. It wasn't a team or a sport, it was just playing. Now at that time we had outdoor courts. So there was an outdoor court um, near my house. So that's where you know kids would go and play. And uh, what is the difference between outdoor and indoor? Just the temperature or is it also the playing field? Well, no. I mean, outdoor is uh, more of a let's hang out and go play. Indoor, there's more the notion of, okay, let's go practice. So I, A bit more serious. A bit more serious, a bit more disciplined, a bit more... Um, I would say more coaching in an indoor situation, whereas outdoor, I'm sure, I mean, you, you see it even now. You go outside, uh, you, you drive by an outdoor court, you see older people playing three-on-three, three, younger people playing two-on-two, two, whereas the, the, the indoor facility is more team-oriented, more structured. You have had uh, a brilliant career as a basketball player, and I know that you're often called uh, Super Annie or the female Gallis. I don't know how it would make me feel if people compared me with someone else, especially when someone else is a giant at his career. How does this make you feel, and do you believe that this comparison propels you higher or weighs you down somehow? Back in the day, uh, when I w was playing basketball professionally, it was the era of Nick Gallis. So I had come, I had just come back from from McGill University. Um, I didn't know who he was, uh, but as I started playing for my club team here, his club team was was in in the European leagues, and uh, at the time it was Aris. I believe all these people that you know are sports people remember may remember the uh, Gallis's team. At the same time on the women's team was my club, sporting club, and we made it to the European final four. So I would say it was automatic for the journalist to uh, say that I was the female Nick Gallis. So was it the journalist that pinned you with this? Yes, yes, it was. And at the time it was, um, I would say I felt honored because he was the phenomenon of men's basketball, he did turn things around in in and the, made people start going out and play. Yes, he was the reason why young kids would go out and play. Before him, I believe it was more of let's go out and play soccer. With him, and after 1987, which was the the year where the men's team won the European Championship, is when all of a sudden you had more outdoor basketball courts. You had parents buying basketballs for their children, so it was it was a, a change of an era. So at the time when they did compare me, at least uh, they named me Thilikos Galis. It was yes, it was an honor. 
there was always the same question. How do you feel being, being called uh, Thilikos Galis? And my answer was always the same. I was, I was honored. He did his thing for men's basketball. I was doing my thing for women's basketball. So it was, it was good. Uh, recently, you were voted into the National Greek Basketball Federation as the first female member ever uh, to serve at the highest level of sports administration in the country. It seems that you were not an outsider at all since you were voted with the third highest vote tally. Uh, you have talked and still talking about your plan to work uh, towards improving the conditions and level of competition of women's basketball. Young girls and women have struggled to be recognized uh, for their high level of competitive skills and spirit through the years. If you had to choose one priority towards this goal, uh, what would that be? Basically, effort needs to be put on attracting young girls to the game of basketball. For the past 10 years or so, the number of girls playing basketball in the country is, has gone down tremendously. Why? Many reasons. On the other side, young girls, for some reason, choose to go to volleyball. I guess there is some kind of a competition, if I may say, between those two sports. The fact is that in the past, the Federation was not supportive of women's and girls' basketball. And For the past 10 years, as I said, the numbers have been going down and it's very worrying uh, because in order to have great women's teams, you, you got to have the young girls playing. So I believe we, we've lost a generation of young basketball girls. So at this point, I think uh, my effort and I believe with the people that were just elected, whose priority is also to support women's basketball, I think that will be a main focus. The interesting thing is that the FIBA, which is the World Basketball, Basketball Association. Association Organization, one of their pillars that they're focusing on is women's basketball. So I think worldwide, there is more of, a, of an element of um, need and focus on women and girls. So I think uh, the change right now in the Federation couldn't come at a better time, I believe. I may also say it was about time. And I think that things will, will improve. Things will not change overnight. It will take uh, days, possibly months, to get the ball going. You are listening to the Owlcast, the official podcast of ACS Athens. Under your leadership as athletics director for so many years, ACS Athens has developed and sustains a legacy of giving equal emphasis to athletics as with the academics. Sometimes athletics propel our students to higher level of academic competitiveness when our graduates reach for their dream university. How many kilometers or miles have you traveled trying to bridge the aspirations of our student athletes with the demands of collegiate sports? In everything, there needs to be effort before you see the results. About 11 years ago, with the support of the administration, we felt that unless we go out and reach out to universities to showcase not only our academics, but also our athletics, because the fact is, For the past 10, 12 years, we've had a number of student athletes of high caliber that could participate and play in the United States. So there was a need, because of obviously of the distance, we felt that we had to, to make an effort to visit 
and put ourselves, put ACS Athens on the sports map. So as you remember, and as you know, there were times every year that I would go to the States and drive uh, in areas of the States, the Northeast, uh, South, and in my 10-day or 12-day visits, I would visit 10 universities after having made appointments from before leaving. And some universities were quite open-minded because their part of their strategy was also to reach out to international student-athletes. So for some universities, it was a win-win situation. Uh, our academic program is really what opens the door uh, because we do have high academic standards, but also with uh, the student athletes that we have that have come uh, through our school, uh, they realize that uh, good athleticism is also uh, available uh, around the world. So every year I took this trip um, and I would visit. Uh, the only time I haven't done this is due to COVID, obviously. So uh, the plan is to hopefully, if, if, if it uh, COVID permitting, to do to start going again in the spring a number of our student athletes have gone to great institutions um, last year we had a young female uh, athlete that went to berkeley this year we have a female athlete that that is uh, studying at stanford and uh, in the past we've had swimmers we've had uh, divers we've had water polo uh, athletes track athletes but the fact is we we uh, as a school and myself as a professional you have to invest the time resources to go and make your your presence known. Uh, and I think that's what has made the difference. Your signature saying is, correct me if I'm wrong, but how many times have you been wrong? Many. <laughs> many. Do you remember something that really made a difference? When I was wrong? Yes. <laughs> you must remember one. Uh, I have to think on a daily basis. You know, I, what I say to people is is we, we make mistakes every day. And unless we make mistakes, we don't learn. So, but I'm, are you thinking of something that you want to tell me? <laughs> Not personally, but, uh, you know, this is something that I've always wanted to ask you. <laughs> as an alum, but also as a parent of two alums of ACS Athens, you have a great perspective of what can someone gain when they join ACS Athens. Uh, you have talked to parents that need convincing and to others who come asking for advice whether this is the right choice. What advice would you give to a parent who's asking you if this school is a correct fit to their student athlete who wants to become a professional athlete here in Europe or in the States or a basketball player or even the next Yanni Adetokounmpo? Well, even though I believe that uh, athletics is an important part of one's life, particularly the, one, the ones that are athletically inclined and have talent. What I say to people is that academics comes first. I've said this to my children. I said this to all the student athletes that have gone and played in the States. I say, focus on your studies, but if they have the talent to be a professional athlete or a college athlete, because not all the college athletes become professionals. According to the statistics, it's only 2% that become professionals. So even to become a college athlete, what I say to them is that you need to, they need to be disciplined in order to be able to do both. What I say to parents, if this is a good fit, is that they will have the support 
to be successful from our school, from from the people around their children. Uh, and I think that's what makes this school special. In the Greek system or in other schools, um, I don't want to make it nationalistic, but in other schools, there comes a time where they are told you've got to pick. You cannot be a professional player or a high-level player or a college player uh, unless you focus on the sport and you can put the academics on the side. Unfortunately, this is a reality for many. Here, I believe we tell them you can do both. You can excel in academics, you can excel in sports, and we will help you do it, but it also needs to come from within. You have been assigned to form the best basketball team of all times. Men or women, who are the members of this team? Hmm. Magic Johnson. What position? I would say point guard. Michael Jordan, Brianna Stewart, position three, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, center, and Dirk Nowitzki. Hmm. And you? Nah. You're coaching. <laughs> I'll sit and You're watch. You're probably coach. I'll watch them. <laughs> I'll watch them. Um, other than director of athletics, Uh, recreational programs, transportation, theater operations. Lately, your role includes chairing the crisis management team. Due to the onset of the COVID pandemic, sorry to do this to you, uh, but how many nights have you stayed up reading the latest protocols or directives that have affected the operation of the school? And do you see an end to the tunnel? I hope the end to the tunnel comes soon because the fact is that this is quite a challenge. It is um, obviously, as you said, you know, they're government directives. Uh, they're what we call the government official documents, the the FEC that change almost every week or, or new ones updated are being sent to us every week. So I have to read them, even if not much has changed, but some something might change. So it's really, I would say, um, anxiety producing not to miss something. I'm not saying it's a favorite part of my job. Uh, actually, I'm saying that it's not the favorite part of my job, but uh, it's a reality and it's a necessity. When I worked in the Olympics, we also had to deal with risk management and uh, uh, matters of such such um, uh, crisis situations, not necessarily a pandemic, but different different crises, and and uh, we had to deal with with response scenarios. So it's not completely foreign to me or new to me uh, the crisis management. I thought, and wrongfully so, that after last year, we'd be done, but we're not. And of course, everybody is is pr- projecting that this will may end, you know, September 2022. Now, obviously, the economic impact and all the other impacts, you know, much later. But I'm hoping that um, this will soon come to an end. Different crises are always, may always be there. But the COVID crisis, I think, has been um, tiresome. But I believe that as a school, we've done very well. I believe we follow the directives. Part of my job is to make sure they're being followed. So I, I believe we have done a, a good job to keep our community and our students, our families, and our obviously our, our employees um, safe. Um, and informed. And informed. I think my Friday evening uh, emails uh, informing, particularly last year, of every new announcement, uh, I think kept people excited for Friday night. 
Yeah, we cannot start the weekend without you. Um, you have been, you, you mentioned that you have been involved in the organizing committees of uh, Olympic Games, including those in Athens 2004, Sydney, and so on. Um, what lessons uh, did you learn? What, what kind of skills did you gain that changed your work here at ACS after you returned? Multitasking is something one has to do in a top management level. The other important part of top management level is also the delegation process. One thing that also stayed with me following these projects and um, career uh, crossroads is that um, there's always a bigger picture. And the bigger the event, the bigger the organization, the bigger the project, it becomes more complex. The more complex it is, you need to have synergies. And that is one thing that um, has stayed with me. So when I am giving a new project to do, I'm not saying it's easy for me, but at least I have the tools to analyze it, to act upon it, to create a not only a strategic plan, but also an, a, an ex execution plan. Uh, and then of course, to assess the outcome and then to move forward, having taken what worked and what didn't. Uh, I'm pretty sure you have read books on sports leadership. You have met and worked with countless coaches and leaders in athletics. Do you remember something that someone wrote or said to you uh, that still means a lot uh, or even affects your thinking? I read a few books on sports leadership and uh, I can't say I remember a quote, but one person that I now see and has stayed with me is John Wooden from UCLA with 10 national championships. And his books, they're not really, and his philosophy is not just about sports. He talks about creating and developing human beings. And I think that what that's what has stayed with me. I I think I read most of his books, if not all of them. And by the same token, following his footstep, I think is Mike Szewski from Duke, who is also a, he's a human being first, coach second, sportsman third, because a coach is not just about sports. So I think those two have left their mark from from my readings. I have seven questions for you. Not much thinking when you answer. Mm -hmm. Uh, you have to choose between the two elements. So, first question, Adetokumbo or Jordan? Adetokumbo. Celine Dion or Frank Sinatra? Celine Dion. Working in a school or working for the Olympics? No comment. You have to choose. <laughs> Sorry. No comment. Okay. Green or red? Red. Blue or gold? Blue. The owl or the lancer? The lancer. Coaching basketball or running a marathon? Running a marathon. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you. You are listening to the Owlcast, the official podcast of ACS Athens. Make sure you subscribe to the Owlcast on Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. This has been a production of the ACS Athens Media Studio. Music